Now activating the Beast Node, hosted by Travis Lochner. Are you ready? If you listen and take action, the following few moments may change your life. The world needs you now more than ever. Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? What is your true purpose on this earth? You were meant for greatness. Does this hit an emotional chord? Yes. I can help you change your future. Have a greater purpose in life. Your soul is screaming for you to answer your true calling. Initiate upload to listener in three, two, one. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have got another beast in the building. He is a former bodybuilder who captured the titles of Mr. France, Mr. Europe, Mr. World, and the coveted Mr. Universe title, an absolute world champion. He then transitioned to become an international public speaker, a published author, and an elite high-performance coach promoting the inner fitness of mind and body. Has worked with amazing, amazing, brilliant people like Oprah Winfrey, the, the Oprah, Sugar Ray Leonard, Jim Carrey, and so, so many more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to bring you Nordine. Zurich! <laughs> Welcome to the Beast Node, brother. How are you? Wow, what an intro. Thank you, thank you, Travis. I'm doing good, all things considered, my friend. I'm good, I'm good. How about uh, you? Happy, happy to hear that. I am doing so well. So much gratitude and growth here this year. Mm -hmm. um, doing very well. And and on that note, I'd love to just, just hear from your world. What are... What are you most grateful for right now? Well, of course, I am grateful for being healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, not the case for so many out there that uh, um, lost their lives to, to, to the virus and uh, so many more that are afraid uh, mm. either to get the virus or afraid that one of their loved ones so it's a, it's a constant fear. So I'm grateful for managing this fear, so to speak, because we all have it. So that's what I'm grateful the most for. Uh, if pre-COVID, if you, to you would have asked me the same thing, I would have said a bunch of things like my family, my dog, <laughs> you know, but yeah. most grateful for being healthy um, and staying away from this thing. I feel you. Absolutely. I love that, brother. So uh, this first half of the show, we'd love to just unpack your story. Um, so you've you've transitioned and I see a, a massive piece of your career is capturing the Mr. Universe title. Absolute world champion. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. So I'd love to step back into your childhood wherever this started and then capture any primary pivot points leading up to that journey in that moment. Um, so from your perspective, what do you consider the first moment that set you on this path for success? Either in your childhood, you can go as, as early or as late as you want. As you want. Um, but we just want to take a little step into a time portal and bring it, bring things back to where 
you would consider a, a pivotal moment that set you on this journey? That's a loaded question, my friend. And yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do my best to answer it to the best uh, uh, I can. Well, the, 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 the I never really thought about you know what the the thing that really that pivotal moment that because there are many, okay. And uh, the reason for that is I grew up in a very very poor. Uh, environment and I was born in such a circumstances that um, if you asked anybody right now they would have never you know believed that I'd make it I was born in the back of a truck um, in the Sahara Desert from Bedouin parents my mom was barely 15 years old uh, when she had me not only that but uh, I was born Premature, three months premature, weighing a whopping 2.2 pounds, just one kilo. Um, I was thrown in a mortuary where um, the the, the doctor that my my parents seek medical attention right away because obviously, you know, I needed it. And the nearest hospital was a few hours from there. And uh, they got there and um, they admitted my mom and I. And uh, overnight, they decided to take me and just leave me for dead. My mom woke up. I wasn't there. She demanded that uh, they bring me back. They didn't want to. She got my father. They got uh, the... um, the law enforcement involved, they had to get me out of there. Of course, they brought me back. And uh, when asked why the doctor chose to do that, take my destiny or my faith uh, in his hand, um, mm-hmm. he answered that um, she was too young and beautiful and she would have many other kids. So not to worry about this one who's sick, who's not going to make it anyway. So um, you can only imagine the the traumatic event that was for my parents, and I think at a certain level, yeah. I must have had the some sort of even if I was a baby, I'm sure that something there's a, a residual of that. I felt it somehow, mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway, uh, to because there's many many other other moments where. Uh, tragedy stroke um, and um, but I'm going to fast forward to the time where they my parents needed to uh, seek medical attention because I was too small and I was sick Wow! and in Algeria um, back then they couldn't find the best of quality of health care so they decided to move to France Mm. So they moved to France where they uh, had to, they encountered or discovered another, uh, other challenges such as racism. Uh, of course, you, it was at the, um, the end of the Algerian war with France. So my parents chose France. Why? I don't know. Well, you go to a country that you just kicked out. 
So of course, they're going to look at you as a, uh, an enemy, so to speak. So we had to deal with that. I was thrown in the hospital for two years in and out. Oh yeah. my gosh. I was um, diagnosed with uh, uh, rickets. I'm sure you know what that is. This, yeah, this uh, for young, the wow. listener that uh, don't know what it is, it's a malnutrition and it's a deficiency of, of uh, calcium um, and vitamin D. So um, in and out of hospitals, I dealt with so many, so many challenges uh, with bullies at school. One instance I was... Left in a, the bullies, uh, it was a break time, I remember, and um, we had a 20-minute break. Uh, mm-hmm. Three guys pushed me and uh, uh, abducted me from the uh, recreation area to take me to the bathroom. In there, they put me in there, and they closed the door and threatened to kill me if I got out of there. So you can only imagine the fear that... Uh, you know, came in and in, in, in invaded my whole entire being. So I froze. Wow. I froze for, I think, four or five hours. And that felt like a, a lifetime until the janitor found me. And that was reported, but nothing was done about it. <sighs> and uh, so stories like that, you know, um, they'd steal my... Uh, my um, my little snack that my my mom would prepare. Um, yeah. They beat me, and not only that, not only the the, the 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 classmates, but the teachers themselves. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um. I was uh at one instance the gymnastic teacher. This is why I chose gymnastic later. Uh, my first sport. Um, was an out of completely out of shape smoking guy. Um, oh, God. That would just uh, would just uh, instruct us with his finger to do things, and while having a cigarette in his mouth. Oh wow! And one day he instructed the the whole class to put me under those big thick gymnastic mattresses, and oh. and he would instruct them to jump until I almost choked. And um, it was a fun to him and to the other kids. Uh, not so fun for me, but uh, that's another instance. Anyway, so, yeah. you know, uh, maybe that is going to go into the answer of your question because all of these things, you know, conspired, built me and and built what I call a um, desire to fight back, mm. you know. In my yeah. book, Inner Fitness, one of the chapters is called a Desire to Fight. And what that is, is that uh, when you down there, I remember my, fa- my father saying to me, uh, there is nothing lower than the ground. And mm. the choice that you have is to stay there and feel sorry for yourself or get up and move forward. Okay, and so that that. stuck in my mind. You know, you can only imagine when you're beaten, when you go through challenges, these kinds of inspirational stuff doesn't come to you right away because the brain likes the negative stuff. 
So you feel yep. sorry for yourself. You are reactive. You feel you're, you're full of hatred. You're angry. You're fresh. All of those negative emotions that um, keep us at that low level of existence. You know what I mean? Where yeah, it's survivalism. Where, yeah, where it's dark. Point. It's yeah. dark. It's total darkness. You think that uh, you know uh, one can pick oneself up. You know, by just by a, a a one inspirational quote or one thing that your father said, it's not that easy, though, Tra Travis. However, what's easy is to remember that you have what I call self worth, mm. which is not the same as self esteem. Not tell you the difference. Sure. Self esteem in the word self esteem, there's the word esteem, esteem which in Latin, estimare, means an estimation. So mm -hmm. self-esteem is an estimation of you based on your story and what others say of you. So it can be high and it can be low, but it can be bursted or deflated or, deflated or boosted at any time yeah. by anyone, anywhere. So it's not long-lasting. And if you are filled with self-esteem, and example, the, the social media world is full of self-esteem. Society uh, uh, is driven by self-esteem. Self-worth, however, it dictates that you are unique. You have life. And when I, I say you that. have life, I'm not talking about your life circumstances because you can have a shitty life but still be alive, okay? So that means if you do have breath, if you do have life, that in itself shows yourself worth. It means that whatever now that you understand that you are alive, whatever your life circumstance, you can move forward. Mm. You understand that no one is going to take away your self-worth. Why? Because it's impossible. You can take away your self-esteem, okay? Um, like it's been done yeah. lately, and, yeah. and, and you so see true. it every single day. Uh, politicians do it. Um, everyone do it. Uh, does it. Mm -hmm. And so, but self-worth, no one... Can take, I, I heard, um, I think it's Glenn Morshower and um, a, friend of, a friend of mine, um, uh, uh, she also um, talked about th this competition that we have, that we all go through. This one competition that we all go through, it's not Mr. Universe, or it's not mm -hmm. running uh, uh, or winning a marathon. It's not, the competition that we all human go through is within, inside our mom's womb. Okay? Wow. There is a competition that unfolds, and the reward is life. And that is that only one out of 500 million sperms win. Oh and that is you. So if you are complaining about your life, whatever it is that you complain about, if you are victimizing yourself, think about it. You already won the greatest competition of all. 
that you will never have to go through again. It makes every other challenge small compared to that. That, my friend, is self-worth. That's an amazing distinction you've put together here. So what was the pivotal moment? The pivotal moment was the same each time I fail. The pivotal moment was I am worth it. I am better than this. I'm going to get up no matter what, and I'm going to move forward. That's the pivotal moment. Whatever you go through in life, okay, remember that you're still breathing, my friend. What is the difference between a billionaire and a, and a, and a homeless? Other than the material yeah. world, they both have life, mm. right? Yeah. They can both decide to make a choice. Whatever choice they make, they just need to make sure that they're going to follow through, okay? And do the things that are going to be um, help the, helping them move forward and get to the top. That's amazing. Now, you've, you've put forth a really critical distinction that so many people miss is this perceived value versus the true value. Exactly. And that self-worth category is the one we want to be in versus the self-esteem because mm-hmm. we lose control now when we let social media or bullies or whoever determine our worth by external metrics. And it's amazing, truly amazing to hear you transition and find that empowerment internally because it so easily could have been the opposite. You could have let that crumble you oh, and yes. turn you into, oh, I'm a weak kid. I'm malnutrition. Oh, I can't I can't uh, do this or, or comparatively, like the comparison game is brutal. But you've somehow broke out of that mentality, found this desire to fight and this drive, this hunger. And since then, you you, you somehow became so, a Mr. Universe yeah, champion, which is yeah. not the story that it sounds like prior to this moment. No. So I'm so grateful you found that desire to fight. Um, was Do you remember that moment or was it a slow I, I remember, Was it I, a slow I remember, onset? I remember coming uh, back from school and, uh, and during another day of uh, of you know, bullying at school and feeling sorry for myself. I had a ritual, Travis, mm. and that ritual helped me tremendously. Was coming mm. back from school and go to a room, a bedroom that we were sharing with my seven other siblings at the time. Wow. So I would get on the bed and I would cry. I would cry. I would cry and until everything was uh, would, would evaporate, you know, I would let it out of, you know, of my mind, and and it felt so much better each time I did it. I discovered then that it was a, a, a some sort of meditation because I was allowing to come back to the present, not even think because I was tired of thinking, uh, you know, negative. I was think I was tired of thinking about the bullies. I just wanted to let go, and so I would cry, cry. And feel much better. So that day was no different, except that I decided to after that to watch 
uh, my siblings were watching a show with that was a gymnast, a Russian um, Olympic uh, mm. gold medal uh, gymnast who was doing the Iron Cross. And oh, immediately okay. I looked at the body and I said, remember, I was only 108 pounds at 19 years old. So I had no girlfriend to speak of. Uh, I was, um, you know, that you can use, you know, self-esteem, low self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was not connected to my self-worth then. But then I looked at that body and the question arise in Mind Over Body, my first book uh, published by... Uh, Hatchet book. I talk about the, the the steps that led me to to that moment. But I felt so good inside, and it prompted a question. And the question was, why can I can I not be like that? Mm, powerful question. And the answer was immediate. You can. Mm-hmm. So what happened at that moment? I sort of anchored that picture of the gymnast directly to my subconscious mind. You know how it takes repetition to do that? But but the power of love, when you fall in love, you anchor that in your subconscious mind. And then what happened, once you fall in love with something or someone, you do whatever it takes to get there. Amen. I did not know what the next steps were. I only knew that I needed to go to that picture. And when I did that, I started finding the solutions, the steps to get me to where I needed to go. In this case, I started gymnastics. Gymnastics didn't work so well. I broke my wrists. Then the, <laughs> the coach told but it's a, I call that an a inappropriate uh, plan. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that leads you to the appropriate step. Mm. Uh, a choice is never bad, you know, uh, if you know how to learn from the so-called bad one, it becomes yeah. a good one. So what happened is I I listened to my coach who said, go to a uh, weightlifting gym and put some muscles on and you need that. Maybe you can come back later. So I did that. And at first it was so it's it was to me it was sad because I had to go through the same crap uh, self esteem where I see a bigger guy who would hinder in me using the machine so I would stay in the corner until they do, they they were done and so sometimes I had to to wait until almost the the gym was closing and I would jump in the machines because I was so intimidated so to speak. Um, but then, as as I built muscles, I also bit, built uh, mind strength. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt yeah. more confident. You know, and somehow I got better and better and better to the point where nothing, ba- you know, uh, bothered me as per you know trying to defeat my my self-esteem or I wasn't listening to that anymore. I was too busy locked in my passion, so to speak. Mm, But then that passion became into an obsession. I love it. Which I had to also fight to turn it back into a passion. 
everything that you do, you overdo, has a potential to become an obsession. And when it, be- it becomes mm. an obsession, it ceases to be a passion. That's a brilliant, that's a powerful distinction because a lot of people would assume in in some context hearing that being obsessed, quote unquote, is a, a neutral or positive thing. And you've brought to light that that could actually be negative in the wrong yeah. context. Yeah, exactly. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because to achieve sustainable and uh, 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 long-lasting uh, performance and productivity in life, you need to be uh, create what I call equilibrium, not balance. Balance and equilibrium are not the same. Mm. Balance, you can be thrown off any time. Equilibrium is made for that. It goes up and down and it, it's, it flows. Yeah. Okay? So it's equilibrium between the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual aspects of your life. In other words, when you're obsessed, say, with a physical, it depletes that reservoir, so to speak. And then you tap into the emotional to get that energy. And then you deplete that emotional tank. And then you tap into the mental and so on and so forth until you reach what I call inner conflict, inner chaos. The opposite Mm. of inner fitness. So obsession leads to chaos. Passion leads to creativity. You're always creating, but you're not creating only with your brain. You're also fueled with the rest, the other aspects of your life. I work with top CEOs and I've been working with CEOs and, and, and uh, um, all kinds of interesting people who have you know, started with that passion only to end up um, almost losing everything because, because it became an obsession. Mm. You know, so um, what do you say to some, someone who, uh, who appears to have everything? You know, who has a, uh, 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 his own jet, uh, uh, owns 20 houses and has a multi-billion dollar company. And what do you say when, 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 or what do you answer when the person says, I'm empty inside. I feel like I have nothing. Well, that's where you reach, that's when you reach inner conflict. That's where you, when you reach inner chaos. Wow. Because you started with that passion and you just buried yourself into it until it became an obsession. So, yes, creating equilibrium between the four, one's four, you know, four aspects of, of, of one's life, the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual aspects, yeah. is key to long-lasting health and well-being. I love that. No, this is a a brilliant thing that you've mentioned that just reinforces the power that we have on our end. So many people let the world think it think it's the world is controlling our circumstances. And it's such a small factor compared to what we can control internally. So I would love to hear 
from your realm, uh, obviously our, our days are a compounding stack of, of habits and skills and decisions. What key habits or decisions do you make throughout the day to make sure that you're per- avoiding these, these negative directions and staying on, on a positive trajectory? What are the most valuable habits or decisions we can implement into our life continuously? Well, uh, Travis, the the habits, I uh, call them routines. Mm, uh, and yeah. um, I like to build routines and I have a, um, you know, a well-rounded day. I don't let the day uh, take over. I take over the day. Mm, I don't, uh, you yeah. know, let uh, life manage me, but I manage my life. In order to be able to manage your life, you have to have a, 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 a that equilibrium I was talking about. You know the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual um, equilibrium. And how do you do that? Well, it starts first when you get up. Okay. Um, so if if what you're doing, in the, because I think the morning uh, routine or, or, or ritual is the one that dictates how your day is going to unfold. Okay, yep. so you want to yep. have a great, healthy routine in the morning. I, uh, I my routine in the morning is based on meditation, of course. You know, um, so many people out there having problems with meditation, thinking that uh, it's this big woo thing, or <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's uh, you know uh, adhering to a religious movement, or it's none of that. It's uh, you know, meditation is simply the, the cleanup of the inside of the body, you know? So that's what meditation is. You create it, you creating awareness by letting the thoughts flow. You know, meditation is not voided of thoughts. Meditation is full of thoughts. Mm-hmm. What you do is just let them flow. And you just put yourself in that presence that the, 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 not to, to be religious, people call it, they like to call it the kingdom of God. Um, yeah. I simply call it, you know, now. And that's, uh, I'm sure you heard of, uh, of uh, you know, the power of now. Uh, and, and so meditation is part of my routine. I go through my day early. As soon as I'm done with my meditation, I write down, the things that supposed to be unfolding, and I don't attach myself to the outcome. Mm. Because if you attach yourself to the outcome, you have um, you ri- you raise your the, the the potentiality of failing, because you attach yourself to the outcome too much, and so. You, you end up reacting to things, to people or, or, or events, if your goal of achieving this or that is not unfolding the way you want it to. And then that is in itself not even good for your health. Um, so I engage myself in the tasks that need to be done that day, but I don't attach myself to the outcome. I know I'm doing the best of my ability and I let the universe take care of the rest. I love it. That's, that's powerful. I think, uh, so many people often have the opposite 
opposite start to their day where it's a reactive thing,、uh, where something, an, an email, a text, or、uh, a schedule, a meeting, something that's the first thing that starts consuming their mind.、Uh, and that, that piece of controlling your day. Is really a massive, massive keystone in, in high performers that I'm discovering.、Mm-hmm. Um, with that, you mentioned creativity earlier a little bit.、Uh, this leads into the decisions we are making and controlling our day. So, from your world, I'd love to hear your balance of, of consuming and creating.、Uh, either in, in a, a lot of t- times, this can be like in a context or like media perspective, but、uh, it can be truly anything. I think our time is spent either consuming energy or creating energy in the world.、Um, so, what do you do in your day to day life now?、Uh, That your what do you create? Is it art? Do you write? Do you you were mentioning you had a notebook?、Um, do you just、uh, do you have any creation based tasks、uh, throughout your day that that are vital? Yeah, so、uh, I use what I call the 90 30、um, power focus.、Mm. Uh, it's a process that uh, I, uh, I have that allows me. To when I create my day in the morning, I allocate 90 minutes for intense, intense tasks. That means、okay. I'm going to be fully focused on the task, not allowing any interruption, not looking at my phone, you know, and, and I do what needs to be done during those 90 minutes. Again, I'm not, I'm engaged in the task, but I'm not attached to it. Sure. Okay. And then I create a 30 minute、uh, that is、um, creative recharge. Okay. And、mm. creative recharge is based on what are the things that I can do in 30 minutes that allow me to recharge? Like, can I work out in 30 minutes? Yes. Cool. You can do more than that. 20 minutes is、yeah. sufficient.、Yep. So you can meditate, you can even write your novel. You can make those calls that、uh, you wanted to make so eagerly. You can scroll and, uh, uh, or, or go、uh, on the internet. However, you, know, you need to find those things that are creative、um, uh, uh, recharge, things yeah, that are going to some fuel, rejuvenate. Some fuel. <laughs>、yeah. Rejuvenate, okay? So you, know, you can, you, you can you know, have a snack. That's what I do. So I go into a 90 and a 30 minute process. So 90 minutes where I'm completely focused on the task, and 30 minutes where I am recharging. Okay, but those、mm-hmm. things, you know, you can't do all this if you don't have a good night's sleep. You can't do all this if you're always in your head. You have to find a way to create first, create that equilibrium.、Mm. Okay? And you start by small steps. You know, if you, if you are not meditating, do two minutes of meditation, three minutes. Start with two, three minutes. It doesn't matter how long you meditate, as long as you、um, create that awareness, you know, and then. And, Recharge, rejuvenate, you know, give your brain、yeah. some rest. 
you know, uh, give your body some rest. And so most people are, you know, I tell you, the numbers are, are frightening. And right now, you know, during the pandemic, the numbers uh, are, you know, I think it's, uh, there's a research there that uh, suggests that are over 65% adult, forget about the uh, teenage and, uh, and kids, this research was based on adults. Sixty-five wow. percent of them have difficulty sleeping. Um, they had it before and made it worse, and some developed it during the pandemic. So it is important to get the, a good night's sleep because not only it boosts your immune system, but it also allows we allows you to be more performant and productive. You know, let me tell you something, Travis. Yeah. If you are exhausted, you can't even meditate. You're too tired to even meditate. <laughs> yeah, that's you know a signal. I mean? Yeah, that's probably a strong signal. Exactly. Get some sleep. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I love it. Uh, you were so you were mentioning this this concept of mindful consumption, mm -hmm. um, being very mindful and intentional about what you consume. So I'd love to hear from your world when you are having those moments of consuming either content or energy mm -hmm. or anything from the universe. Is that something, is that, is that movies? Is that music? Uh, you watch, <laughs> you binge on some Netflix at the end of the night or yeah, what no. are your options to consume okay. in this realm? My consumption, you know, uh, I, I try to stay, um, abreast with the news and I listen to the news once or twice, not even television, but yeah. through, uh, you know, my phone. Um, but I love to unwind with either music or watch a good, um, Netflix with my girlfriend and, <laughs> you know, just unwind like that. You know, I, I like a good movie, but I like books. Um, I like to read, and, um, and, you know, believe it or not, I find working out uh, tremendously um, relaxing for me because after a workout, I'm so tired that uh, I, I, I want just to let it go. Wow. That's amazing. No, this, I, I think a lot of people, they, they kind of uh, put – Con that consumption in uh, if you're in this 24/7 hustle mentality that you can't you can't watch Netflix or you can't watch movies or or stuff because it's not work but you're really breaking that perspective down and showing that you can consume you can uh, participate and enjoy those things it's just a matter of what choosing what you consume and how you consume it that's very very powerful so i appreciate you sharing all of the above uh and as we kind of transition here into the second half of the show um the first thing we want to tap into is some type of secret recipe or secret formula you got brewing over there you're clearly operating on a higher frequency so can we share with our listener can we share a specific strategy or system or process that has changed your life? I think that uh, the, the, the process that really helped me tremendously, and I think I discovered that when um, in my years of uh, crying, you know, 
Mm. By the fact of crying and, and, and getting back to that presence, I also was breathing. And deep breathing exercises is what helps me reconnect um, and when I find myself at the low level of existence where I let myself go, for instance, with anger or frustration, um, I, I get out of it by simply taking three to five minutes doing deep breathing exercises mm. because it allows the, to re-oxygenate your, your brain. And, um, you know, the physical event uh, that happen after you go into a stressful uh, m moment or event, uh, the, the, the fight, freeze or flight response, you have a 90 seconds window, okay? The physiological event of uh, the blood pressure goes up, the heartbeat, mm -hmm. start, uh, you start sweating, yep. it's designed to last only 90 seconds. So another word, if somebody pisses you off, you can, you know, go in the bathroom and scream your head off for 90 seconds and come out and, and you'll be okay. But most people choose to redo, go through the process and make it chronic. You know, it, instead of lasting 90 seconds, it lasts for hours, sometimes for days. You're bothered by one stupid little things that someone said to you uh, or you read the news. The people are not even there. Somebody yeah. wrote a stupid article oh and the God. first article, the first uh, <laughs> paragraph, you pissed off. They're triggered for, yeah, the next and, day or week. Yeah. And watch yourself. If somebody films you, it would be comical. If somebody, if we had a technology that could read, you know, what you were thinking, you would laugh at yourself. Just because someone said something on Fox TV, on CNN, or it was written by someone you don't even know, by the way, that person <laughs> is gonna go home and have a, a, a nice glass of wine and, and wine, but you're still thinking about something they said, right? So that's yep. taking that physiological, natural physiological event of the fight and, and, and fight response to, you know, a chronic response, which leads to disease, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it, 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 so I always say to myself, it is simple. Since we have a guiding mechanism inside, we either feel good or we feel bad, Travis. Travis. Yeah. We either feel good or bad. So the question you need to prompt yourself is this, how do I feel right now? Oh, not too good. Well, why? Because I'm thinking about this. That's why I'm feeling this way. Let's change it. Take a breather, take that three minutes or one minute deep breathing exercises and you'll see you become more proactive, responding positively than reactive. You know, with no fact and evidence, you're just charging towards the person. That That's and that creates trouble. Oh, I'm. I bet. No, I've. I. I know. I've seen it a lot, uh, especially that piece you mentioned about just just being triggered, uh, jumping into the news or anything. Media companies have discovered. Uh, 
that emotion you're talking about, that immediate trigger, actually keeps you on the platform longer and clicking more so, and typing more Travis, and all that. So, so they want you to feel that. Yeah, and it's so remember, our job to deflect it and destroy that. Remember what I said earlier? Self-esteem? Mm -hmm. They prey on self-esteem. Oh, yep. Okay? They're not preying on your self-worth because you can't. they can't. They prey on your self-worth. They're going to tell you something that is going to piss you off. And when yep. you're pissed off, the origin of anger and frustration is fear. Somehow you're afraid of something. Okay? Wow. So when, you know, it's, it's, it's so uh, amazing that people don't understand that anger and frustration is actually fear. Y you know, you're angry yeah. because you want to protect yourself of losing something somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So what is in the absence of fear, there is love. In the absence of love, there is fear. But where does love reside? In the present moment. Love cannot reside in the past or the future. Only fear reside in the past of the future or the future. So when you're angry or frustrated, you're not here, my friend. You're somewhere else. Yeah. So I invite you to take a deep breath to come back here where are you going to be operating from a place of love and not get yourself in trouble and make your problem if problems even worse. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. Now I love that this focus point keeps coming back to mindfulness and and stuff that we truly can control is 100% in our control. Yeah, and, and you know, brilliant advice. I like to call it awareness because yeah. a lot of people don't understand this concept of mindfulness because mindfulness yeah. means that your mind is full, <laughs> right? So awareness is what I refer to. It's like, uh, yeah, deep, deep awareness yes. of self and the universe and connection. Exactly. So because, you want to call it. listen, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you are either here or not. Mm. You know, that's it. That. Yeah, so thank you. So when I was uh, in, uh, in the Mauritius Island, there was a, a taxi driver. I think I'm going to write the book called my, my taxi driver told me, um, and he <laughs> would pick it. me up. I was there for six weeks w working with a high-profile uh, client, and he would take me from a bangle of that I decided to, to, to stay at where I could see the other people that lived there, the, the real people, instead of seeing the resort's uh, uh, guests. Uh, uh, and so he picked me up, and one day he said to me, if you're there, you're there. If you're not there, you're not there. Mm. And that, my friend, explains it all. So true. So yeah. be here. Whatever you're doing, you have to it. be here. Not forget about the doing part. Just be here. So powerful. No, this is a, a, a brilliant vain to keep reinforcing because it is one of those things that one of the few things we truly truly control and if we can get grips on it can absolutely shift the trajectory of your life so i appreciate you sh sharing that so much um and would love to hear maybe any advice 
you've heard. It could, could be from a taxi driver or anybody in the world. Yeah. Uh, what do you consider the best advice that you've received personally uh, that you can either echo or, or amplify here today to, towards the listener? Well, I think, you know, uh, it has to come from my father. Mm. Uh, my father was a hardworking person, although he was illiterate, but he spent all his life taking care of us, 13 kids. Wow. Um, and uh, I can tell you, it was uh, the day I went to visit him to bring him his, uh, his snack that my mom or lunch that my mom prepared. We lived about literally 200 meters where he worked at this factory and you take a break. I would go there and I, we sat down to have breakfast or lunch together. I must have been 10 or 12 and his manager came, erupted in the room and said, you need to go, you need to go. And I said, dad, what's going on? He said, no, I have to go. And mind you, he, his job was, to take care of nine different machines, textile machines, mm-hmm. where a French person had one. They gave him nine in order to- Oh my gosh. In order for him to work there. So anyway, he would be exhausted. And he said, don't worry, listen to me. He said, look at me in, my, in the eyes. You don't want to become like me. You have to finish your education. Mm. And so I listened to him. And I think education is, I hear all these guys saying, oh, yeah, but Bill Gates didn't finish college. Oh, this guy didn't finish college. And so they, it's, it's, and so the kids are here telling you, well, I'm going to drop out of high school because this celebrity didn't go to high school. This is a very minute percentage, mm-hmm. okay? Education is what make you, makes you or breaks you. So you need to have that education. And then... You have the what I call the the jungle education, life. Okay, you have the school mm, education, yep. and then you have the jungle. And yep. when you <laughs> and when you because the school life education will help you with a jungle education, so people don't step all over you. So I'd say the best advice that I've ever had is from my father after going to tremendous. Yeah. Uh, uh, embarrassment from his manager. That's amazing. He was telling me, wow. hey, you do not want to be like me. Education is going to help no, it's, you. It's so, and yeah, it's, it's about finding your style, what works for you. There's going to, you can't duplicate somebody else's degree and then yeah. wonder why it doesn't well, you work know, for listen, you. you know, it's so much context there. I'm glad you're mentioning. Yeah. It's, it's not only about degrees. It's about the process of, yeah. of, of yep. getting edu- in education, yep. you know, and it helps you tremendously with life. I love it. No, I love that so much, Nordine, as we, the time is slipping away from us, but I uh, I am loving every single thing you're bringing. Uh, So before we jump into our last question here, I just got to give you a brief moment of, of deep appreciation and recognition and acknowledgement. I've been following everything you're doing from afar and so many people focus sure on the Mr. Universe world champion, but I'm so impressed. We barely even got to tap into 
all of the brilliant you've work, work you've done since then mm-hmm. uh, in, in the space of executives and coaching and helping other people achieve this mental fitness with mm-hmm. your story. And it's noticed, it's appreciated, and I, I hope it truly just amplifies and, and echoes forever, man. Um, thank you. Just got to give you a, a quick thank you. Uh, and as we drop into the last segment of the show here, our, our beast mode monologue, uh, I just want to give you the mic once more to connect directly with our listener and give you the opportunity to share any final words to help them erupt into beast mode, whether it's leveling up their life, going through a transition, or they're already doing well and they want to perform at an elite level. Um, any final words that you can share? The mic is all yours, Nordine. Yeah, um, you know, Travis, what I would like to share share with the audience is the fact that it's not about us only. You know, you're not here just for yourself. You're here with a specific mission to complete. Mm. Whatever you're doing, whatever line of, of, of work you are in, whatever you're going through, you have to understand that if you do not deliver, if you do not deliver your message, so to speak, that you're here to deliver, the universe is going to nag at you. Mm. Is going to nag at you. Is going to, to, to do that until you understand at 30, at 20, at 30, at 40, at 50, at 100 years, in another life, that you have to deliver the message. You have to accomplish your mission, whatever that may be. And the only way you find that mission is not by listening up to others telling you what you're worth. Is by going by going deep within and practicing what I call inner fitness. Only then will you be able to get in touch with what you need to be doing and what you're here to accomplish. Mm, there it is. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, Nordine Zwareg. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Travis. End audio experience. You're a beast.